Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. And welcome to Oropimsu Squewa Kitsikisakuk Metis in Space. Molly Swain and Siagason Otusquanikni Dotzen. Hey man. <laughs> Tashina Makokis. Where are you from? Uh, Satellite Gilberta. Fabulous. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave. Where are you from, Dave? All over the place. Dave is uh, in the spirit of, uh, of uh, Thor. Oh my god. Uh, Dave is not a place, Dave's a people. Dave's a people. Oh my god. No, I'm joking. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a half breed. Where are you from? Oh, that's complicated. I grew up on the West Coast and then I've just been moving all around since I freed myself. But, but, my, but my family's from Intra Lake, Manitoba. From a place called Minnewaukan, which is just a graveyard now. But Okay, yeah. great. It's a really uh, upbeat way to start the show. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, so you'll notice that Chelsea didn't introduce herself today. She came down with something as we were going through the movie. So it's going to be me holding it down today with our fabulous guests, Tashina and Dave. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited. It's going to be really good. So a couple things. First thing is uh, Métis in Space now has a standing swag store with Teespring. So if you want any Métis in Space swag... Uh, you can get it there. We've got t-shirts, we've got mugs, uh, we've got a bunch of different options for you. Um, so go do that if you want. And if you feel like repping us or being a big giant nerd, uh, you know, we're always there for that. Um, I got my t-shirt. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh my I'm god, has it come yet? Excited. No, it won't come until sometime mid-December, but I'm very excited to wear it. Just in time for Xmas. Yes. For the holiday season, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I got a mug. I got a bright pink mug. Oh my god. Awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah. I feel like the, the bright neon pinks really, really rep us the most, you know? They really incorporate what we're about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so is that. Um, we also want to give a big shout-out to one of our amazing listeners, Andy, who has signed us up for a tea subscription, which is, like, so exciting. I know. Oh, what? I know. You're giving me this look. Like, what is a tea subscription? Yeah. We don't really know yet, <laughs> either. Uh, but I think it's where... The tea people send us a bunch of teas. Oh, tea, like T-E-A. Yes, T-E-A, okay. yes. Not not like the letter T or a T-shirt or testosterone. <laughs> yeah. So is this person May tea by any mm. chance? Uh, not, not that I know of. Oh. Um, they did not mention it. But uh, thank you very much, Andy. We're really excited. This is going to get us through the long, cold winter months in Edmonton. Okay, so today we're tackling uh, Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok. This is our second Taika Waititi or Taika Waititi movie. Sorry, I've had a lot of this delicious wine. Um, spoiler alert, obviously, if you haven't seen this movie, number one, you need to go see it immediately. Number two, there's spoilers throughout. That's the whole point of what we do. There's We're spoiling. Um, yep. So get out while you can. So Thor Ragnarok. Thor must fight for survival and race against time to prevent the all-powerful Hela from destroying his home and the Asgardian civilization. 
And Tashina, would you like to introduce our delicious wine of the evening? Yes. The wine is called Petite Petite. Petite Petite. Uh, it's got elephants on the bottle. So when they asked me to choose the wine, I chose this one, obviously, because mm. yay, elephants. Yeah, Tashina comes all the way up from Treaty 7 territory today I to do. be with us. It's I so am. exciting. Uh, We're so happy to have you. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Woo, cheers. I've had half a glass of wine and I'm already breaking shit. That's what we're all about. Breaking breaking shit, building new shit. Really, isn't that what Thor's about? Yeah, right. What, so. Isn't that what Ragnarok is about? Mm. The end? Yes. So that we can rebuild? A little a little bit of make total destroy? Yeah. 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 So we open up with Thor in this big cage. <laughs> and he does the whole like record scratch, like, how did I get here? Basically. <laughs> uh, and so you like get this exposition. Uh, he's like talking to the skeleton that's sitting in the cage across from him. And he's in some kind of like weird stereotypical hell world you know yeah. there's like flames everywhere there's like monsters this is like Satan looking dude Surter Surter or yeah okay yeah, yeah I, I was having such a hard time searching anybody's name uh, and so it, but it turns out that Thor's been having dreams about Ragnarok which is like the apocalypse for Asgard yep uh, and he's like talking to Surter uh, about this because Surter's in the dream and he's destroying Ragnarok throughout this dream um there's something about a crown of eternal fire, uh, a, a giant sword through the heart of Asgard. Um, so all we know is there's this sort of like prophecy. Thor's been dreaming about it. He also learns that Odin hasn't been on Asgard. Odin being like the king. Yeah. But apparently he's disappeared. Well, is- and if you if you haven't seen the last Thor, like you would know this that Thor that Odin isn't on Ragnarok. In Thor: The Dark World, they show that the Odin that Thor is talking to is in fact Loki in disguise. So it's not a huge surprise, it's not a huge reveal if you've seen that part of Thor, which is at the end, so I don't know why you didn't. <laughs> Nerds. Oh my god, before before we go on, can we all agree, like going into this, that Thor and the Asgardians are native? Yes. Is this well, a decision no. that we can make? See, I was actually thinking they're white people. Yeah. And Loki is actually native. Yeah. Because Loki gets poached from his people by Thor. Okay, and I agree with that. But, but and I mean, I feel it's not like that wouldn't happen between indigenous peoples too, right? I feel this like is true. Thor is a very white male who's discovering he's not as great as he thought he is. Okay, but like okay, well maybe males. okay in that case. <laughs> Let's let's put this on hold and we'll talk about it when we get to the end. Sure. Because this is one of the things that I've been thinking of kind of like through this movie is if we start thinking about Thor and the Asgardians as being an indigenous people, what mm-hmm. does that mean looking back at these older movies and what goes on in these older movies? But we'll come back to that. Uh, he's in this hellscape. He's fighting Satan or whatever. Surter. Surter. <laughs> uh, and he's kicking buns. Mm-hmm. Right, as he does. He's got his hammer. He relies a lot on his hammer in these first he scenes. Does. He uh, does. And it's, like, very conspicuous, like, yeah. how much he, how uh, much he uses it. Yeah. yeah, how much he uses it, like, to channel his powers, to feel confident going into battle. Yeah. All of this other stuff. It's his man stick. Totally. Yeah. It's totally his man stick. Yeah. He's, like, totally channeling this really specific kind of masculinity through it. And shtick. <laughs> his man shtick. Yeah. Uh, and then you get fucking the Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Oh, yes. Playing throughout, which oh, yes. is just incredible. Mm-hmm. The only other time I've seen that song in a movie is School of Rock, where it's also used excellently. I saw it in Shrek. 
Uh, I can't remember which one. I think it was like the third one, and it was used hilariously as well. Oh my god! Because I, I always <laughs> thought Led Zeppelin didn't want their songs used. They in very movies. rarely do. I think it's also using Godzilla, but I'm not completely sure. Mm, okay, seen so that Godzilla, one. Shrek, Thor, and School of Rock are like <laughs> made the cut then. Apparently, all of these movies are are of that quality. Yeah. So you know, and he's Thor is very you know, fusive. Uh, he knows he's going to win. He's, you know, I, oh, yeah. it reminds me of the, the first Thor movie, too, where, like, the whole thing is about humbling him. Oh, When yeah. he goes into battle, he's very arrogant, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, he seems to kind of come back to that place. You know, his line's like, I make mistakes all the time. Things always seem to work out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he he ever really does eat enough humble pie. It's sort of no. like, yeah, he's sort of the, he's just, like, the one who'll keep on eating. <laughs> Until maybe he gets all the pies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, what, like, he cuts off the dude's head or rips off his. Yeah, he cuts off his his crown because the crown of Surtur is how he. is where he gets his power from to to destroy Asgard. I can't remember. Something like that. Something like that. That's where he gets his power. Yeah. Uh, Thor calls them his eyebrows. Yes, it's like one big bad eyebrow or something. Uh, and so, yeah, he's, so he's got the head, he's caught what he's come for, he's trying to get home, but Heimdall, played by Idris Elba, can we give an ow-ow for Idris Elba? Ow-ow! Owie-owie. He's MIA. He's supposed to, like, run the Bifrost, which brings brings him home, back from Asgard, but he's MIA, and in his place is Judge Dredd. <laughs> who is, like, so pitiful in this movie. He's just the most pathetic man. Who knew Carl Urban was so hilarious? I know. He, he is really funny in this movie. Well, I mean, everybody is so funny in this movie. Yeah. This is the incredible thing about Taika Waititi is he makes everybody hilarious. He brings out the humor in everybody. Yeah. Like, their comedic side. Yeah, we, our last episode we uh, did what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. and our oh, like we had basically like almost no critiques of it because we were just laughing our asses <laughs> off the whole time. And you know, I feel like this movie too. Like I, I, I watched that movie alone to get by. To be quite honest, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so Heimdall's MIA instead is Judge Dread, uh, aka who, Scourge. Scourge, who uh, you know is hanging out with babes. He's got these, like, huge, like, AK-47s that he got from Tech's ass. Yeah. <laughs> he calls them Dez and Troy, yeah. because together they destroy. Yeah. And so he's, and like... And a shake weight. Yeah, and a shake weight, yeah. And he's clearly, like, not that great at his job. You know, he's clearly one of those guys who goes into the job because he thinks it's going to be all glory. And he can collect stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he just basically has been, like, thieving from, like, all these other worlds, all this, like, <laughs> random crap. So eventually he gets, like, pulled out, you know, back into Asgard, and you get the title credits, which... I wrote down our, like, cyber Maori aesthetic, mm. which I feel like is very much kind of the overarching aesthetic of this movie. I feel oh, like totally. Taika Waititi really works in a lot of incredible, incredible indigenous looks he and really design does, into yeah. it. Yeah, I loved, loved it. He gets back. He's like, Odin's not here. This is totally ridiculous. I've got to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he, like, flies over using his sword. He fly, or his hammer. Oh, sword. Uh, he <laughs> flies over to Asgard. And the first thing that he encounters is this huge statue of Loki. <laughs> and it cuts to this, like, incredibly melodramatic play. <laughs> About the tragedy of Loki. Yeah. Of Asgard. Yeah, and Loki's played by Matt Damon. And Thor is played by Luke Hemsworth. Oh my god. Chris Hemsworth's brother. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> See, because, like, I, th- I feel like you and Dave had to tell me these things. Like, I didn't even notice. I was like, these are just some random extras that they left out or something. (laughs) Okay, the thing is, I've seen this movie about five times now, so I know stuff. Oh my god. It's 
so good. It's so good. It's so melodramatic. It's so over the top. They've got a choir singing the background music for it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely the kind of thing that you would expect somebody who's like writing their own eulogy to do, you know? (laughs) Well, and then there's Loki in own form kind of mouthing along with the actors on stage. Yeah, he's clearly written it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's dreamed about it for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's clear that, that Thor immediately knows what's going on. He mm-hmm. knows that, you know, Odin's been replaced and it must be by his brother. So he, like, grabs him and forces him to reveal himself. And everybody else is shocked, which, like, <laughs> weird. This is one of those things where it's, like, in this movie, there's a lot of talk about the people, right? At the end of the movie, it's like Asgard is a people, not a place, and like all of this stuff. But like, you don't get a sense that the people are really worth a whole lot. No, they're yeah. You know, you have yeah. kind of these main players, these leaders who are the ones, you know, who are, are the real actors, who are the yeah. real deciders of the fate of the, the people. driving the, force of yeah. yeah. But the people themselves are just kind of this like they just stand around, small. They're like sims. Yeah. It's kind of like Métis, really. Yeah, tell us about it, Dave. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like Louis Riel and Gabriel Dumont, right? Like, really? It's kind of the uh, Thor and Loki sort of sort of deal. Okay, but is that is that your take on the history? Is that your take on the narrative of the history, Dave? Well, it's it's the narrative of the, it's these great men, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's what this is. It's like even though they say it's the people, it's like really it's just it's your people. Yeah, it's it's about this sort of sense of ownership, yeah. right? And so. I don't know. Okay, wait. Well, it's just like, why should we care about these people? Like, there's not a lot of development for these background characters, which, I mean, understandably, the background characters, but it's like, so then why should we care about these people? We don't know them. They're idiots. They didn't know that Thor was, they didn't know that Odin was Loki in disguise. Mm -hmm. Well, and and throughout this movie, too, right? Like, you're, they're almost never on Asgard. The whole point of them being around is that they're on right in the beginning and right at the end, but... For the majority of the movie, they're on this other completely random planet, mm-hmm. right? Where where they have no sense of relationality with the people that are around them. Yeah. But also the people who are on Asgard, it's interesting to think about how how disconnected they are from how they got all the wealth that they do have. Which I think mm-hmm. this movie does a really good job of, of then tackling, right? Because Asgard's just seen as this great place for being this great place, but man, those... Yeah. And that, and that is also, I know we're going to get to it in the end, why... They're definitely the British. <laughs> so one of the things that I found really interesting too, right, is because you eventually learn that essentially there's been this huge sort of historical revisionism happening in Asgard and a lot of its less uh, savory history has been completely replaced with this new narrative of this benevolent Odin and this benevolent Asgard that looks out for people and protects them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it seems like only Odin, who's like real old, and Valkyrie, who's been on this planet where time's different, so she hasn't aged in the same way. They're the only two that remember this. And Hela. Heimdall Every- could possibly, because he sees everything, so he could also possibly know. But, I mean, what could oh. he do about it without becoming a traitor? Well, what can he... But at the same time, like, you know, he sees these things coming, but he doesn't really seem to have warned people. He seems to be reacting to it, right? So, like, I'm wondering how much of it he actually does know about. Or how much he knows he can't possibly do much about. When you know everything, it's like, well, this is going to happen whether or not we try to stop it. And then it just... Picking the battles that they but should you, fight so, do you so think that he people sees through can time? know. Because my understanding was he just sees what's happening 
now, but he can't he sees everything. see the future in the past. Like, he knew Loki was coming. He knew But where... that's because Loki was on his that's way. That's true. Right? I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like he sees through time. Okay, okay. Because how far away is Asgard from um, Sakaar? Oh planet? my god, you're getting so time and space right now. I know. Uh, let's this is very gonna... science. This is so science. <laughs> So, so yeah, but, you know, in any case, you know, there's this, there's a society of people who are either willfully ignorant of the past, you know, they've mm-hmm. decided that they're comfortable with, with the narratives that they're being presented with, or they're just completely clueless and lack a lot of agency. And so there they are, just like happily like going along with this super melodramatic play. <laughs> uh, Thor steps in, you know, reveals the, the deception and decides, you know, they're going to go find Loki. You know, again, he offers no explanation to the people, basically ignores their whole existence. They go to find Lo- Odin. Oh, yeah, and then they go to find Odin. Yeah. yeah so they go to Earth, yeah. uh, where apparently Loki's put Odin in this old folks' home <laughs> that is now getting demolished, yeah. which was so sad. But it's supposed to be funny, but I was like, oh my god, what about all the other old people that live there? And then Doctor Strange shows up and is just yeah, like, boom. Yeah, he sucks yeah. Loki into a big hole in the ground. Yeah, and I mean, going back, that was kind of funny... Uh, so, I mean, there's a really good uh, point where uh, Thor's, like, very, like, fragile masculinity is also revealed, where, like, he takes the pictures with those two uh, women, and then they're like, say hi to Jane, and he's like... No, they're like, sorry, Jane dumped you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, Jane didn't dump me. It was a mutual dumping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, so good. And so they end up in Strange's... I can't remember what, what it's called, is Lair, mm, yeah. or whatever it is, and uh, Strange is basically just messing with him the whole time. He's like, have some tea, this tea cup appears in his hand. Oh, you don't drink tea? And then he, like, beer stein appears in his hand, and he's, like, constantly moving him around and making him fall the beer stein and, and he yeah. drinks from it. Yeah. Like, that, you know, the Doctor Strange movie was, like, all kinds of problematic in all sorts of ways, but I feel like just to incorporate it in this way in this movie was so good and so funny, because, like, so much of this movie is about sort of taking the piss. Well, I just keep knocking and wearing the hell out of Thor. Like, yeah. 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 Because, you know, a big part of this movie, too, like, more than any of the other ones, is they're constantly talking about themselves as gods, which I don't remember them doing in the other movies. Yeah. The, know, like, the, this very is much, where they very much accept that, who they are. Yeah. I'm, I'm the god of thunder. You're the god of mistress. She's the goddess of death, you know, yeah. in ways that, like, they weren't deifying themselves like that before. They were like, no, no, we're not gods. We're just aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're just not from here and you think we're gods. But now they're kind of like, oh, yeah, we're gods. This is great. This is awesome. And then Taika Waititi just takes every opportunity to, like, make them look like fools. Yeah. So good. Especially Loki. They really take the piss out of Loki, I find. He's, there's a lot of pratfalls with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of become the fall guy for that. Yeah. And so, yeah, Strange is just, you know, he eventually agrees to help them find Odin because Loki's back on Earth. And Strange is like, this guy's clearly a threat. We don't want him on here, so... You know, I'm going to help you find Odin so that you can all be on your way and that'll be fine. Uh, so he sends them to, I think it's supposed to be Norway? Yeah. Which is solid. Like, that's some good solid, like, you know, nod to the mythology. And Odin, it turns out, is dying. Anthony Hopkins is on his last legs. Which I think, it, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Anthony Hopkins is always a good cameo, but I feel like it was time yeah. for Odin well, to... How far, to how, going. how much more could you get out of Odin, out of... His character. Yeah. Because it's it's not called Odin, it's called Thor. <laughs> so it turns out that Odin 
has been through his life, through like somehow either his willpower or just by being alive or something, he's been keeping this big bad at bay. Mm-hmm. And this big bad is Loki and Thor's older sister, Hela. Bum, bum, bum. I know, the big reveal. And this is why, again, all of these movies are just, this is what happens when you have a shitty dad. <laughs> yes. For uh, sure. alternative title for me was Thor, but another story of daddy problems. <laughs> but really, you could do that with any of these Marvel movies. Doctor Strange. Uh, Iron Man. Iron Man, totally, totally daddy issues up the wazoo. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, but part of it, too, is, like, a lot of what these do is they draw on those fairy tale tropes, right? And then the fairy tale tropes, you have to remove the parents. And so for Thor, they they eventually they go through the process of removing his parents and removing his family. Um, but they do that with all the Marvel movies, right? Like, Steve Rogers' parents are, are dead. Um, Doctor Strange, you never know anything about his parents. Yeah, and Thor, you know, he's gone through this tragedy of losing his mother in the last movie, and now he's losing his father. But, you know, a big part of what this movie is, is, like, Thor is essentially having to react to all of these fuck-ups that his dad has perpetrated over the course of millennia. Coming to terms with just how bad of a father his dad was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think he put... Like, his dad was on a pedestal. He had him... I, I think he had him there for a long time until he realized that... Like, beginning in the first movie, when his dad cast him out of um, Asgard, he realized just how at f- like just how many faults his own father has. Mm-hmm. And, and because, you know, it's tied in with this hegemony of this Asgardian monarchy, where he's ruled for, like, hundreds, of, literally hundreds of thousands of years. You know, they talk about how, you know, he did stuff half a million years ago. That, you know, is now echoing down and having consequences in the present. Hence why Hela is coming back. Mm -hmm. And why there's this prophecy of of this uh, Serta destroying Asgard and all of this stuff. You know, what what do you do when you have... Because it it all comes back to relationality, right? But it's this relationality that's seen through this lens of this this kind of all-powerful monarchy, right? And so what effects is that having, both within the family? So... Like, his super problematic relationship with Loki, who, as Dave mentioned, is this kid that he basically, like, snatched from another culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, like, incredible transracial adoption narrative. Um, But it's also about, you know, the the sociopolitical ramifications of having a shitty dad who's going to make shitty decisions for everybody. And then just dies at the, like... At the crux of it all. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, you have a sister. See you. I'm dead. <laughs> Bye. See, I bet you uh, this is how Justin Trudeau's uh, son's going to feel when he grows up. And he's just going to yeah. inherit all this shit. And then he's going to become prime minister. And he's going to be like, well, look what dad and grandpa did. And damn that's, it. So Thor's kid's probably going to think that, too. He's going to go, look who. Except he's not going to have Asgard to go back to. No, that's true. But yeah. Asgard's a people, not a place, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Norway could be Asgard, as uh, Odin has said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's true. They're all just going to move to Norway. What else is going on in Norway? <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is they've nationalized their, their oil industry and everybody has a million dollars. What? But, yeah. Let's move to Norway. I don't... I, okay. You you can move to Norway. <laughs> also, wasn't... Gonna, <laughs> this was filmed in Australia, What else, what though, else is going it? on there? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it was, so I wonder if those... If that was... Like, if those closer in Australia or if they were in Norway. I don't know. I feel like you have well, because Marvel money. You can go wherever you want. Yeah. You know? They might have... I'm trying to remember. Because in the first trailer, they had them meeting Hela in an alley in New York. Uh, really? Yeah. What? 
And then in subsequent trailers, I guess Taika Waititi had decided, no, we're going to move to, like, they, we want a majestic place. So they mm. moved to the fjords. <laughs> the fjords of Australia and or Norway. <laughs> the fjords of somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hella basically rocks <coughs> up, and she's, like, clearly been waiting for this. She's mm. like, my crappy dad's dead. Let's party. Uh, and she looks incredible. Can we just talk about this for one Let's second? Let's get the oh, God. Oh, my God. Cain Blackjack, her whole aesthetic is unbelievable. She is badass in yeah. this movie. Badass. 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 <laughs> just kills it. Uh, and is like, it's me, your older sister. You should, ba- you should like, kneel to me because I am the rightful heir to the throne. Which she is. Which, yeah. You yeah. Know, and she destroys, nobody mentions that. She destroys Mjolnir. I can never pronounce it. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. The hammer. Mew Mew. Yeah. <laughs> as they, as the, the, who is it? The girl in the other Thor movies calls yep. it Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Yeah. And yeah, she just grabs it. He like, he like Thor's like, no, no, it's on. I'm going to take you out. I got other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Ch- chucks his hammer at her. She grabs it. It explodes. They're like, oh, we're screwed now. Well, there and then we discover, we discover that Mjolnir is actually Hela's hammer. Yeah, later Mjolnir on. Mjolnir is, yeah, as a hand-me-down to Thor. First. Yeah. I feel like I relate to Thor on a lot of levels in this movie because... Because of the hand-me-downs? <laughs> well, no, it's just like, I actually grew up, like, I was raised as the oldest, and then when I was about 10, I found out I had an older sister that my mom had given up for adoption. Oh. And then all of a sudden, when she came back into her lives, there's this really weird dynamic where she's the oldest, but I'm still expected to be the oldest. Oldest right in our family and there's like this really weird like eh, between us and I can like I could see that between Thor and Hela where she's like I'm actually the oldest and he's like well uh <laughs> I've been raised like this has been my destiny too yeah yeah this is I'm, I'm here doing the thing and have been my whole life yeah and now you're just gonna rock up and and try to take that yeah except our destinies aren't anywhere near as great as ruling a planet I like to rule men <laughs> oh my god I'm so happy you're here <laughs> so so like you would have crushed Thor's hammer then uh, no my sister would have crushed Thor's hammer uh, but you I would have Thor. thrown the hammer and my sister would have grabbed it and be like this used to be mine smash yeah and so then yeah. but then they immediately retreat that's that's mm. also really interesting right like he's put so much of himself into this hammer and like he relies so heavily on it that mm-hmm. as soon as it breaks they're like we're out of here. Loki calls Heim or uh, Scourge, I guess, and they they get in the Bifrost. But Hela follows them, mm-hmm. which and this is the first. I think it's the first time that you see them kind of in the Bifrost, like mm-hmm. as a journey. Yeah, well, you kind of see it a little bit in some of the Thor movies. Like there's this part in Thor where he comes to get Jane after she disappears because she goes and gets the ether, and so he brings her back to uh, Asgard because. Because they got to find out what's going on with her because she has the ether inside of her. And they mm-hmm. show her kind of cuddled into Thor. They show that little right. bit of a journey. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I guess it's not as epic as this because they're fighting in the Bifrost. Yeah. Yeah. It was always something I kind of assumed it was instantaneous. Mm. You know, like sort of like a teportation thing. You're here, then you're there. But no, it's like you're, you're traveling. Yeah. Somewhere. It's an actual rainbow road. Yeah. And so Hela chucks them out of the Bifrost. Like, tosses them just, like, out of it. Uh, And assumes they're dead. Nobody, like... The thing about Hela is nobody stands a chance against this woman, which I kind of love. I I loved it, too. And I love the fact that 
she really has no motivation mm-hmm. beyond the fact that she's the goddess of death. She doesn't need to have some sort of like grand scheme, which I think women villains in particular tend to they like they ascribe them these really intense motivations because mm-hmm. emotions. Know? Yeah, because emotions uh. and because, like, they need to be able to justify why women are evil. <laughs> because, like, women are supposed to be so nurturing and caring. But hell is just like, no, F that. I'm here. I'm the goddess of death. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to, like, bring us back to the place that we were of greatness, which is greatness through perpetrating death on everybody. That's that's yeah. it. That's me. Killing, this is the best. pillaging, taking all your gold and yeah. melting it down and building this ginormous planet. And it. wearing great headwear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like the queen. Antlers. Yeah, I love that look. I love, though, because when you first see her, she's wearing all this torn... Like, her clothing is completely torn up. Because she had been uh, um, imprisoned for so long. She's probably been wearing the same outfit she's been... She was <laughs> imprisoned half in. a million years. Yeah, after <laughs> fighting some great battle, I'm sure, with her dad before he imprisoned her. She probably smells real gnarly. But, like, as soon as she gets on, gets on Asgard, because she draws her power from Asgard... Her outfit changes. She's mm. in a completely new cat suit. And she looks incredible. She does. Meanwhile, Thor and Loki, they get tossed out of the Bifrost, uh, and they both end up uh, on this planet. Thor, in particular, you follow him. He, like, shoots down into this trash heap of a planet. <laughs> Sakar. Sakar, where the men go. Yeah. We've decided. <laughs> Yeah, the men are trash thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's where we just we need our very own Bifrost that will just like <laughs> throw <laughs> men in. Throw yeah. Like we're all thinking like let's just take a moment, let's all picture picture in your mind the men that you want to go to the trash planet. Mm. Now send them there mentally in your mind. Oh, how good does that feel? Oh, it feels so good. Okay. Where were we? Trash planet. He's in the trash planet where he needs to be. And he almost gets eaten by scavengers. Yeah, a group of scavengers. Yeah. And then, of course, he's saved at the last moment by Valkyrie. Oh, yes. Valkyrie. Oh, my God. I feel like Thor in this movie is the one who's always the damsel in distress. And Valkyrie is, like, the kick-ass warrior who comes to save him. Yeah. So, I have a question. This is something that, like, has gotten me both times watching watching it, is that she, from my understanding, Valkyrie is, like, what her, like, type of warrior is called. But she actually doesn't get a name other than, like, well, she's the Valkyrie. In my understanding, Valkyrie is, like, her Marvel Universe uh, name. Name. That's who like, that. That's yeah. just who she is. That's just her name. Though she is a Valkyrie, a woman warrior. So yeah. she's Valkyrie the Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Maybe they're all named Valkyrie, just to like. <laughs> yeah, maybe they give up their their individual name to become part of this yeah their identity army or something. Yeah, they give up their individual identity to become oh. the Valkyrie. Yeah. So I am Valkyrie. Yeah, I don't really know though. All I know is she kicks ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Valkyrie shows up, saves him, but only to essentially enslave him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I love about Valkyrie is that she's an unapologetic drunk. Yep. She's completely. Utterly unapologetic about it. Oh, totally. She's, She's like, like, I've been through trauma. I'm not gonna fit. I'm not gonna quit drinking. Yeah, I'm not gonna quit drinking. This. I'm not gonna be your redemption narrative. You're not gonna save me. I've been through trauma. This is how I deal with it. These are my coping mechanisms. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Like, I've already saved your world once. Yeah. Yeah. I've already dealt with your with your sister once. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't even know. Like, and that's yeah. the thing too, right? She's like almost unimaginably older and more experienced than he is. You know, he talks about when he first realizes who she is, like, oh, I wanted to be a Valkyrie when I was a little kid. 
You know, yeah. like I really looked up to you. Like you're my hero. You're a legendary warrior. You know, even Loki's super impressed when he realizes who she is. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, is this who I am now? Like deal with it. <laughs> and she's still incredibly competent and is able to do things, which I think is really important because I feel like a lot of the narrative when it comes to uh, people who use substances and addicts is like, Who've been through trauma and use those substances. Yeah, it's yeah. like they, they can't take care of themselves. Yeah. They can't really do anything. But how the many of us were raised by addicts and alcoholics? Absolutely. Or even just, you know, no people, like, living their lives like that, mm-hmm. you know, in, with various levels of competence and, and capacity to do so. Mm-hmm. Right? And I feel like that's a really, really important narrative. And I feel like Taika Waititi really incorporates it well. Right, yeah. and he makes it something that you know they can laugh about, but you're not laughing at her. Yeah, for right, sure. because she kicks so much ass. Yeah, and she continues to kick ass, but she also continues to drink because that's like just what she's gonna do. Uh, so Thor gets enslaved. He's taken to the Grandmaster and introduced, and he goes through this like Willy Wonka tunnel of horrors, <laughs> being like, "Welcome to the planet! Like, it's a game. <laughs> you're play. about to meet the Grandmaster. <laughs> you're gonna meet the Grandmaster in five, four, three, and he's like screaming. He's like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and then he meets him, and it's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And his, like, new role is some sort of, like, hot old man. Can we talk about this? I don't, I've never gotten it. Uh, the Grandmaster. I'm not entirely sure what, the ca- like, the canon of, around the Grandmaster, but I think he's, like, the oldest being in the universe. Okay. He okay. talks about it a little in the movie where he's, like, on another planet, I would be millions of years old. But mm. here, and then he just kind of trails off and, like, gives his very Jeff Goldblum look. Yeah, but Jeff Goldblum also, like, I feel like as this movie's come out, Jeff Goldblum's done all of these photo shoots and stuff where he looks, like, kind of quirky, a bit queer, all this stuff, and everybody's like, oh my god, Jeff Goldblum's a hot old man. And, like, what? Hot old man. When did that happen? Lifetime? I don't get it. <laughs> but hasn't Jeff Goldblum always been a little bit hot? Has he? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Okay. Have you not seen Jurassic Park? I have. Uh, all I remember is being really scared because the T-Rex ate the guy off the toilet. <laughs> And that really scared me for a long time. <laughs> oh, right. You don't like horror or scary movies. Yeah. And Jurassic Park is pretty scary. Thank you. Identity. Thank you for validating. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he was like the tall, dark, handsome dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Way better than the other guy in Jurassic Park. Like oh, was, totally. Way better. Yeah. Okay. He's got this daddy look about him. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. All right. I, I still don't get it, but I respect I respect your... Yeah. Grandmaster is supposed to be blue, which is why he's got, like, blue face paint on his face, okay. I guess. Can we, yeah, the face paint. Everybody is wearing face paint at some yeah, point in this movie. On this, it's all so good. Yeah, um, I, which is another, I think, um, sort of call-out, callback uh, to Maori culture. Yeah, but it also, he also makes it look very cyberpunk. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's a really good blend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Because this is the thing, too having a native director at the helm of a huge movie like this is you you can see the references but it doesn't feel appropriative no it well, doesn't yeah. feel exploitative yeah it totally just feels like he's paying homage to it and it's so good it's like this is how you pay homage to indigenous culture mm. yeah like do you there is a way to do it without yeah. appropriating it like, like pay ship. attention people <laughs> like that ship like the ship that isn't like the color of the flag the that one flag Oh, you mean the Commodore? Yeah. Oh. The orgy ship? The orgy ship. (laughs) (laughs) My birthday, birthday. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, wait, wait. wait. We we just went off on a huge day. Introduce the Grandmaster. Okay, and then Thor gets, like, thrown into, I guess, like, the... the Oh, but but before that, he gets all, like, 
almighty about how he's like gonna be the god of oh, right. god of thunder and then, <laughs> and then he and then he just like does like the little sparkly the things yeah he's like wow and then what are Jeff Goldblum's just like oh the god of sparkles or something yeah. like that they call like, him lord of thunder and he's like what are those sparkles and then when they're introducing him in the theater he's like watch out for his hands sparks come out of them <laughs> <laughs> nobody's all that impressed well and then also when he's first meets the Grandmaster, he also comes upon Loki, and mm-hmm. it turns out Loki has been there for a few weeks already. Right, yeah, because of the way that time works on the planet. It's yeah, even though Thor had only just seen him, like, a minute before. Yeah. Also, okay, I want to talk about Topaz, the Grandmaster's, like, sidekick woman. Mm, I love House. her. I think she is one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Oh my god, and she, <laughs> she just owns that role she does she's so she doesn't have a ton to work with no but she like she's so memorable in it yeah yeah i just love like i love that she's in a lot of taika waititi's films Mm. as well like there are a few characters um in this movie i recognize from his other films as well and i love that he brings these people along with him Mm -hmm. yeah and i i hope that she gets more screen time in Infinity War because, like, she's so funny. Is she in going to be in Infinity War? I have no idea. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, no, I love didn't it. didn't she die in this? No, I don't think she dies. Well, I hope her, she doesn't die. Yeah, her spaceship crashes yeah. when she's chasing them. That can mean anything. With, with the melt stick? <laughs> and he's like, hand me the melt stick. <laughs> I love, okay, I love how Thor is less proper mm-hmm. and more human. Because he spent so much time with humans, maybe. He's more reactive. Like, when Carlos, the Grandmaster's cousin, gets melted with a melt stick. Yeah. Instead of being, like, like trying not to react to it. He's like, oh, my God! What's the that smell? smell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes to a head and then gets his hair cut. <gasps> yes, yeah. he loses his hair. Yeah. They, like, take his hair forcefully. Well, but first, Stanley. first he, uh, he meets Korg. Mm. Oh yes. yes. Yeah. Can we can we all just agree Korg is our super fave? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. Korg is the best yes. character. Hey man, I'm Korg. Yeah. <laughs> Meek's dead. <laughs> he just okay. brings in that like he's dead. Kiwi humor that's yeah. so good and important. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I didn't prep enough pamphlets for yeah, that. Yeah, I tried to start a revolution, but I didn't print print enough pamphlets. <laughs> and hardly anybody showed up except for my mom and her boyfriend, <laughs> who I hate. <laughs> Yeah, he's like I'm made of rocks, but you don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> a little rock paper scissors joke in there for you. Yeah, yeah that's so incredible. Korg is played by Taika Waititi. For those of you who don't know, um, and that's why the delivery is so perfect. Yeah, he uses Korg's accent is act is a um, rural. I can't say rural. Rural New Zealand accent. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Like, I feel like I've heard that accent before. I feel like it's a little bit of a Raz accent. And there's also, like, the North-South accent, too. Like, because mm-hmm. I was reading it as a, a South Island accent mm-hmm. as well, right? Because of the ease. Yeah, well, he's also... Indeed. He also based Korg off of, like, a Polynesian bouncers. Oh, yeah. Who are very easygoing. Yeah, um, but can get their shit done, Yeah, sure. but who will still kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a great thing about Korg, right? Is like, he's chill, he's, like, very non-coercive mm-hmm. person, he's, like, very kind and, and attentive and considerate, but, like, you know, he gets it done. He, he gets it mostly done because he really, he did forget about the pamphlets. 
Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, but you know, you learn as you go. You learn as yeah. you go. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm for sure. The, for the second, next revolution, yeah, his second revolution goes really well. <laughs> like once he gets, like once he gets a little bit of help, you know, like mm. once people show up. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't his fault before that people didn't necessarily show up. I mean, yeah. Well, if he, you know, he just knows he needs to print a few more pamphlets now. It's yeah. totally fine. So he meets Korg. Korg is basically like, "You're gonna die here, buddy. <laughs> like, don't face the Grandmaster's big champion." Yeah. Uh, even if you think it's going to win your freedom, don't try it. This was Doug. Doug's dead now. You're going to be the new Doug. Just don't do it. But, of course, Thor's like, I'm going to fight this new champion. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> so then it's... You later, new Doug. Switches back to Asgard, where Hela is sort of redecorating. She's uncovering all of this hidden history of Asgard, of uh, Odin as the destroyer king, uh, him... Well, before she does that, she introduces herself to Asgard. Right. Like, you guys don't remember who I am. I'm Hela, goddess of death. Yeah. And they're like, we don't care. We don't know who you are. And they all they all try to fight her because yeah. they're stupid men. And they'll die. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Like, all of Thor's friends die. I don't know their names because they're not that important to me. <laughs> and, like, all of the army is massacred by Hela, yeah. by herself. Yeah. Which was sweet, honestly. <laughs> it was so sweet. <laughs> So she needs a new army, though, because she Mm -hmm. decimated the old army. So she goes, she takes the Eternal Flame, which is one of the many treasures in Odin's vault. Mm -hmm. And she's telling Scourge about how, you know, back in the day, uh, Asgard's honored dead used to be kept, um, you know, underneath the vault uh, for eternity. So it could be honored, et cetera, et cetera. So she basically goes and raises this, like, zombie army. Which is also done so well. I feel like they're raising their just like classic old school zombie stuff. Well, it kind of like, reminded me like of the mummy and, when, yeah. the, when 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 the the mummy army is is brought to life. They all kind of twitch to life. Wait, are you talking way. about the Brendan Fraser? Yeah, mummy? I love those movies. They're so <laughs> colonial. Anyway, sorry, we might do them for future Metean space because uh, they're yes. so ridiculously bad. But I'd listen to those. Oh See, it reminded me of Lord of the Rings actually, where like. Aragorn has to go get that, like, army. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's very much like... But they're a ghost army. They're not, like, dead people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But they sort of have the same effect, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the green. Yeah, the green Also, eyes, yeah. from my understanding, like, this was, like, their old army that they had to, like, put away, sort oh, of. They had to put that whole army down so that he could build up Reimagine his, himself? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the number of atrocities this dude's committed. Right? Holy. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is, uh, he's quite something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, then she does find her big giant wolf. Yeah. Right? And so as somebody who, like, I really, really love, um, Norse mythology, I was super stoked that the big giant wolf made an appearance. <laughs> uh, because the big giant wolf is supposed to make an appearance at Ragnarok. But yeah, so she resurrects them all. Um... Then it switches back to Thor, who's getting a visit from Loki in astral projection form. <laughs> Loki's trying to convince Thor to, like, give up and not try to get back to Asgard and just, like, let Hela do the thing. Well, and to, like, make amends with the Grandmaster and, like... I, I like, I'm, on, I'm in his good graces, so why can't you be... I yeah, do, do this thing with me, like, build this new life with me. And Thor's like, no, mm-hmm. I need to go back. These are our people... And we both need to be making this attempt. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't think that it's important, which, no. you know. Well, it's Loki. And also, Loki is, he's lost, he's lost his kingdom there, so he's like, I don't want it. <laughs> like, but um, yet it seems with Thor, part of him also wanting him to stay there so that, it's so weird because 
Deep down inside, I don't think he necessarily, like he doesn't want Thor to die either. Mm. Yeah, he wants to have that relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, but of course, Thor's like, no, that's ridiculous. Nah. Um, look what you've done. You're, oh, God. You know, he, like <laughs> Thor really blames Loki for Hela's appearance. He's like, you left our, he, like you abandoned our father on Midgard. Now he's dead, and he released Hela, and this is your fault. And this happened in the past two days. You've done so much horrible stuff. Like you're the worst. Yeah, that's just a no. So yeah. he's going to go fight the champion, the big champion instead. He's going to be the new Doug. Yeah, he's going to be the new Doug. <laughs> uh, and so then it cuts to the weapons. What weapon is he going to choose? And Korg's offering him this big, giant wooden fork. And he's like, no, I don't want the big, giant wooden fork. He's like, oh, that's good, because it's not really useful unless you're fighting three vampires that are all huddled together. <laughs> it's like... What we do in the shadows. So good. I really hope that was supposed to be a reference. I bet it... I believe it is. Okay. I'm going to believe that with you. I'm ready for it. So good. Like, where else would vampires come from? Yeah, and how would Korg know about vampires? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Just throw the vampire reference in there. It's not like he has blood, probably. He's a rock. I don't know. Probably. (laughs) One of my favorite lines in this movie happens where uh, Thor sees Valkyrie realizes he sees a tattoo on her wrist, realizes that she is a Valkyrie, and he just starts falling all over himself. Ooh, I wanted oh, to yeah. be a Valkyrie when I was younger. You know, you're an elite force of women warriors, and, you know, it's about time, and, and I wanted to be a Valkyrie until I realized that they were women. Not that there's anything wrong with being a woman, and I'm, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm a, a good <laughs> modern guy, and yeah, he's giving her the thumbs up. He's like, I'm a good guy, see? Like, it's, it's fine. It's totally normal. <laughs> I love how he geeks out about Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Like when they when they're in her apartment later on, he like finds her sword. He's like, "Oh, well, cool, her sword." <laughs> yeah, like, and Valkyrie that's the thing is like, something to him. Yeah, like they all of them are give her so much respect because she's a Valkyrie, mm-hmm. um, and because they like kind of have this understanding of history. And, and that's interesting too, right? Because like Odin's erased so much of the rest of Asgardian history, but he's kept the Valkyries as sort of this inspirational thing for women Mm. because you know up until this movie actually you don't really see sort of like quote-unquote weak Asgardian women no until this movie and so I've actually really found that interesting right because you have the the women who are like running from Hela's reign and you have the woman who's like going to get executed by Scourge and she's like crying and doing that white woman thing um but up until that point like all of Asgardian Asgard's women were like badass that's true. And they all like yeah, like his mom. Sword. I say that yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. she was and amazing. Sif. Sif kicked ass too. Where was Sif in this movie? That's a good question. Sif, if you're out there, why? Let us know. Yeah, what happened, man? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then he goes. He's getting prepped for the big battle, and Stanley gets his cameo, <laughs> as must happen. I feel like Stanley's cameos have been getting better and better as time goes on. Like they've always been pretty funny, but this yeah, one this he, he shows up and he's like his arms are like. Instead of arms, he's got, like, robotic hands that are weed whackers, and that's how he cuts hair. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Thor tries to be all, like, big and manly, but he's like, I am Thor, son of Odin, and by the power of the gods, you shall not cut my hair, or whatever. And he starts he's up like, his please, arms. strange old man, don't cut my hair. Yeah! You know, a lot of where the laughs come from this are, like, it's kind of about his vanity, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily about a loss of power or a loss of autonomy so much as it's, like... Don't cut my hair. I love my long hair. I look really cool with long hair, you know? It's, it's the kind same, of the He has the same sort of interaction, too, with Doctor Strange. When mm. he's creating that spell to send him to Odin, he asks for a lock of right. Thor's hair. And 
Thora is like, you're not getting a piece of my hair. And then Doctor Strange does his thing where he appears out of nowhere and grabs it anyway. Obviously, it ends up looking really awesome. And he's yeah. got, like, the shaved sides and, like, all sorts of is stuff. That an, and, like, is that an N and a Z on his head? Like, it is felt it? like one oh, side said N and the other side was a Z. I'm, I'm willing. I'm going to headcanon that. Yeah, let's yeah. let's 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 do that. Yeah, okay. And then Z representing New Zealand there. Yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> so then he's in the ring, and he realizes he has to fight the Hulk. Loki, of course, starts freaking out because he's had a terrible interaction with the Hulk. Um, he must get off this planet. Yeah, but Thor's pumped. Thor's like, <laughs> we know yes! each other from work. It's a friend from work. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, but then he quickly realizes that the Hulk has no real memory of, of their relationship at all. Mm-hmm. The Hulk is Hulk. He's very... He's, he's hulking a, out. He's a giant toddler. Like a giant rage toddler. Yeah. Yeah. A giant rage toddler who's never had any boundaries. So he's just going to go never, for it. He's not really given boundaries here in this planet either because mm, they love him for him. his... Yeah, they love him for his power. I mean, yeah. could you give him boundaries? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. How do they keep him in that room? Like... When Thor tries to get out, he gets zapped by the invisible wall. Yeah, but I feel well, like the Hulk could just, wants, like, though. tear down the wall if he wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but he does He does have boundaries, right? And and it comes back to relationships, right? Because later on, the Hulk's hulking out in the Quinjet, but he sees Natasha Romanoff on the video yeah, it's talking true. to him, and then he's, like, he turns flips into, out. Yeah. And he turns back into Banner, right? So, again, it's a, it's about relationships, and a big part of what the Hulk and Thor do over the course of the movie is they build, rebuild this relationship between themselves. Sorry, I'm really into relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's, Are you into relationships it's, now, It's interesting, Molly? like, because the... with everybody in be, this room. Because he, he sort of gets tamed as the Hulk. Like, the Hulk gets tamed because people love him there, right? Mm, so it's like... That's true. So, like, because everyone on the planet loves him for what he does, and he remembers Earth as a place where people hate him. It's like, that's sort of a form of control as well, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, totally. yeah, I will sit in this palace because you all love me. Basically, there's this incredibly awesome battle. Uh, <laughs> Thor gets like, badass lightning powers to the max. <laughs> he figures out how to harness his power somewhat. Yeah, he goes to his happy Norway place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> happy Norway place because it's the place where he just saw his father die. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty weird. It's sort of, he, I think he uses that, like, if you've lost a father, like, I've lost a father, and I understand, like, movies where people lose their dad always kill me, because I get it. Mm. So, like, I get where, how he can harness that loss into that power. There's a lot of rage. There's a lot of under, there's a lot of rage stirring underneath. Oh, um, see, because I... your dad. yeah. Because I was reading that as, like, it's it sort of calms him down. It, like, takes him to some kind of, like, higher, more peaceful plane. Mm. Because that's sort of how it's pictured, where he's just kind of like, I need help. And his dad's like, don't worry about it. You got all the help you need. You got this. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I get it. But you're saying that you saw it as, like, he sees his dad, and then he, like, is able to tap into this power that's powered by rage. Well, maybe not just rage, but just, mm. like, a lot of emotion. Mm. Because, like you've said, he's been through a lot. And so, uh, like, right now he's harnessing all of that emotion, and that's where he was able able to uh, uh, expel his power. Yeah. But it's too much, right? Because Mm -hmm. the Grandmaster 
has this idea of how this battle is going to go, and it's going to be the Hulk wins, as usual, yep. no harm, no foul. Uh, so at the last minute, when it looks like Thor's going to win, the Grandmaster cuts him down and ends the fight early. And then cuts to a shirtless scene. Yes. Which, as you want to do with Chris Hemsworth. All of the Thor movies have one scene that I think is specifically made for people who like to look at good-looking men. Mm -hmm. Thor, uh, actually, in this movie, they didn't really have that scene. Um, Taika Waititi threw it in. He's like, we gotta get bums in this scene. So will you be uh, shirtless in this scene? And Chris Hemsworth at first was like, no, I don't want to. And then Taika Waititi... Uh, talk to me into it and we get that scene oh my god where thank you to... Taika Waititi thank you for all that you do for the people you understand us you get it yeah those back dimples I'm just like mm. those back muscles like he's got a diamond in his back from formed you, from his muscles the back the front the sides. I'm happy with any angle really <laughs> it's all good it's all good so you get a little bit of that uh, which is always appreciated. And Thank you get it from the Hulk, too. Yeah. Um, which Dave was into. <laughs> we were we were more like, okay, he's a big green CGI guy, but okay. Yeah. No, was it, um, who was it we were with Chelsea's husband? Tomas. Yeah, he was into Hulk. Yeah, as he well. was, too. Yeah. yeah, and we had a little bit of an argument. I'm like, Hulk's not real. He's like, he's right there. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. There's plenty of muscles to go around, yes. especially in the Marvel Universe. Oh, You're not yes. going to run out of muscles. Yeah, like, it would have been nice, though, to share that tub with Hulk. Like, <laughs> it would have been a very warm tub. <laughs> That's true. Like, he's just so big and muscular. I'm sure he was the one heating that tub. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he just got in and it started boiling. Yeah. Yeah, because of his, but then, his body temperature. And then there was that scene, though, where Valkyrie comes in and they, like, play fight. She kicks his ass. Yeah. yeah. It's just great. Too. Yeah, she's the best. He calls her angry girl. Uh, they fight. Then it cuts again to Asgard, where Hela wants to know a bit about Scourge. But it turns out she doesn't actually want to know about Scourge. She wants to tell Scourge about himself as, you know, these sort of... Megalomaniacal people usually yeah, do as her executioner. Yes, because the, the role of the executioner is not to ju- not just to execute people, but to execute the monarch's vision. Mm-hmm. But also mostly to execute people. Is what he says. <laughs> so he he accepts because he has no choice, and because once again he's getting validation now. This is what this yeah. is what validation looks like for him, and he that's what he admits to her. Because yeah. she cuts him off. He, he starts telling her about his parents, and she cuts him off. She's like, "No, I mean, what do you want from life?" Yeah. And he's like, well, I would really like some validation. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Okay, you're the executioner now. She gives him, like, a big sword or a big uh, axe. And she basically decides she's going to enact a purge on Asgard. Um, Not everybody's super stoked that she's there. And she's like, okay, we're going to take him out. Uh, So you get this great scene of all of these people fleeing from these, like, zombie warriors. Um, They're running and they're running. And Heimdall rocks up with some sick dreads. Thank you, Idris Elba, again. And saves them. With with he's got the the sword of the Bifrost sword, sword. Yeah. yeah, which is huge. Yeah, it's so I feel like it's the biggest sword ever. <laughs> it's so big. Well, I mean, it's got to get it's got to help transport people to different yeah. uh, universes. Yeah, different but, worlds. Yeah, and he just like is need waving it around like it's nothing, <laughs> and he saves them, and he's like basically taking them to this safe place, and mm-hmm. he's become this like incredible liberator of the Asgardian people, which I feel like was such an amazing role. Because Idris Elba, I feel like, has been super underutilized yeah. in these movies. He has a couple lines, he's like funny, he's like impressive, but that's it. And I feel like he got a little bit more handsome. This, and I really, oh, handsome. But okay, uh, anyway, once again, getting back, 
feel like we've had so many long conversations about all of the muscles in this movie. <laughs> the Hulk can't remember being Banner anymore. He's been the Hulk for like two years, two solid years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what ends up happening is Thor needs to convince him to help him escape. And so he starts trying to manipulate him. And he thinks it's going to be easy because the Hulk's not very smart. But the Hulk's basically this big raw nerve of emotion, so he's not really taking it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Heimdall sort of draws Thor back to Asgard. Well, Thor asks. Vision. Yeah. Thor, Thor needs, ne- he needs a little bit of guidance. So he calls on Heimdall to give him some vision. So Heimdall, with his power, is able to grant that to Thor. And Thor is able to be transported a little bit. Like how Loki mm. is astral projects. He's able to... Uh, go back to Asgard for a few moments. Yeah. And so uh, basically talks about what they've been doing, talks about how Hela has been like severely repressing the people, um, that time is passing much faster. You get the sense of that because it's winter. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of see the seasons pass on Asgard. Basically, like, he really impresses upon him that he needs Thor back. Something needs to be done about this. And so you go back, Hulk gets out of the tub. Uh, Thor gets... No, this was... Hulk, this is like later in the movie when he goes back to Asgard. Hulk gets out of the tub like first. Yeah. And then oh, okay. points out and the then he gets, and, and, okay. and then he gets he Valkyrie to come. Then he gets, yeah, and then he comes back and he's got this cool, he's wearing this like very cool skirt and this like incredible necklace. This huge <laughs> necklace. It's so big. And just like another nod to sort of this, like, cyber Maori aesthetic that I think they've got going on. So good. And then they have a fight. They have this, like, epic a man bit fight. A fight, yeah. Yeah. It was, like it, yeah. It was a very, uh, yeah, it was very emotional. Yeah. It was, yeah. And they're, like, really going for the jugulars with each other. They're like, you're the stupidest Avenger. Yeah, we call you the stupid Avenger. And, you know, Hulk calls Thor baby arms. And, like, you know, it seems to be really... <laughs> He's a tiny like, Avenger. Yeah, shallow yeah. And, and ridiculous. But, like, they're really they're hurting each other, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then they, like, have this, like, moment of, of reconciliation where they're like, I'm sorry, I just get so angry all the time. You know, I can't help it. <laughs> like, uh, Taika Waititi based that scene on, like, interactions with his daughter. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense, right? Like, that's totally how kids fight. Yeah. Right? It's like they're, they just... They're very emotional. And so they express and they yeah. don't... You know, because I think, like, when you're an adult, ideally when you fight, you're never going to say something that you can't take back mm. right you're never gonna say an unsayable thing right but with kids they're just they're gonna you know if, the, if they feel hurt they're, they're gonna, gonna rage really really go after you if they can but you know I he's doing it with these from grown you. men which i think was good and useful right because mm. i feel like men are so so emotional more emotional than they want to let on well absolutely mm-hmm. right because you know society is very much about men like suppressing their emotions and this and that so when it comes out it comes out in these childish ways i think mm-hmm. and so i think that was like it was really funny to see that but i think it was also really indicative of the way that a lot of men are basically taught to express their emotions which is through anger through rage and that also becomes you know the excuse for what they're doing you know like i hurt you this badly because my feelings were hurt and I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> it's like, no, guys, like, take responsibility for your emotions. So they get into, like, a relatively good place. And Valkyrie shows up. Uh, and Thor immediately now starts trying to convince her to join his crusade. And she's like, okay, I'll listen to you until this bottle's empty. And she grabs this huge bottle of liquor and she just starts chugging it. And she's done in, like, five seconds. 
And he basically doesn't have time to really say anything. Yeah, he gets her by telling her that Odin is dead. Yeah. And Hela is back. Yeah, and that is not about the monarchy, it's about the people. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. Because she's so anti-establishment. <laughs> That's why we love her. You know, while, while he's telling her, he, like, takes her little pain stick that she's been controlling him with, um, turns it off, and then busts out of the building. <laughs> Tries to. Tries to. He's like, well, if you're not coming with me, then I'm going on my own. Yeah. yeah. And then he grabs the ball that Hulk has been bouncing against the wall and throws it against the window. It's like, that's what heroes, and then gets smashed in the head and falls over. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets up, that's what heroes do. <laughs> he jumps out the window. Except for at first you don't succeed, you know? <laughs> Just keep going. I love that he threw it hard enough that he pushed himself over. But then poor Hulk in that situation, you know, he probably finally feels like, you know, he has a... He's a friend. He has a friend who gets him and goes and busts out the window. And leaves him there. Because he's like, friend, stay! Hulk doesn't really get it, so he shows up at the Quinjet and starts, you know, smashing it up before seeing Romanov and then turning back into Banner. Which they, they also don't get into very much, but Banner's very clearly like, I am really messed up right now. Yeah. I have been a monster for two years, and I have no idea where I am or what I've been doing. Yeah, he says, <laughs> I always felt like me and Hulk had one hand on the wheel, but for the last two years, Hulk's had the keys to the car, and I'm locked in the trunk. Yeah, which, it, that must be terrifying. Yeah. But he's also like, if I turn back into the Hulk, I might never come back to being Banner again. Yeah. You know, so, like, Thor's trying to be like, no, no, we need the Hulk. We need the Hulk. You need to, like, come save my people. And Banner's like, I don't know if I can do this for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, I... You don't like me. You're not my friend. Oh, that was hilarious, that part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he got really emotional there, actually. Yeah. And then and then he's dressed like Tony Stark. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'll be Tony and you be the gypsy. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're on this planet. They're running around. It's chaos. There's, like, this big Hulk parade happening. And in the meantime, the Grandmaster, Jeff Goldblum, really wants Thor and the Hulk back. Uh, So he sends out Valkyrie and Loki to go track him down. Mm -hmm. And of course, they immediately start getting into a fight because Valkyrie knows Loki's full of shit and Loki wants to figure out what is going on with Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, He discovers that she's Valkyrie. Yeah, he like mind melts with her. Yeah. That was the hottest fight of the movie, if I'm being honest. I didn't think it was hot because, like, I feel like that mind melt thing was very, very non-consensual. Well, at the end. Yeah, that part is shit. And, but you see what's, what sort of is underlying her trauma, right? You Mm -hmm. see the fight with Hela. You see how um, one of her fellow Valkyries, like, sacrificed herself to save her and sort of, like, what she's going through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, like, I get the sense that that Valkyrie is her lover. Totally. Totally. Because one of the things about Valkyrie that has, is out there is that she is bisexual. Yeah. Totally. Which they don't, they don't get, they don't delve into in this movie. Mm. But, which, eh, I get it. It's not terribly important to the story, but it would have been, I think it would have been nice to know how this person, how much this person actually does mean to her. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it would, and it would have been easy to work that in a mm-hmm. little bit, you know? And yeah. I, I do wonder if maybe the studio was like, cut it. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, I feel like they didn't have to have it in there, but it would have been really nice. I mean, they already yeah. alluded to it. They could have just gone like an extra yeah. step and. Just yeah. an extra two yeah. seconds, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like them, like, you know, the classic, like, her holding her body and like kissing her you know lips or something you know like yeah. that kind of shit happens in movies all the time just go just between men be and brave women. Yeah. be brave you know yeah that's all it takes well and like how do we even know how that scene would have turned out we didn't film it that's true that's true put in the extras guys yeah yeah, yeah exactly the director's cut yeah yeah 
So, but anyway, so Loki mind melts with her. He sees all of this. She, like, busts out of the mind melt, kicks his ass. She's totally done with him. Because she's Valkyrie. Yeah. And so when she finds Thor and the Hulk, she, like, brings them uh, to her ship or her apartment, and Loki's all chained up in it, right? Because she's totally bested him. But she also doesn't know who Banner is. Yeah. Because she's only seen him as the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, who is this guy? Like, I feel feel like like I know you. This is so funny. Uh, and, of course, the Banner sees Loki for the first time since uh, the Avengers movie. And it's like, last time I saw you were trying to kill everybody. Like, where are you at these days? And Loki's like, it varies from moment to moment. Yeah. <laughs> and Banner's like, oh, my Very God. Very sinister-like, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, he gives them this look, like, that underlook people give when they're being sinister. It varies from moment to moment. Yeah. He's a god of mischief. Mm. Yeah, so it's like, is he serious? Is he not serious? Yeah. Probably he is serious, you oh, know, totally. like, sorry, just gonna have to deal with it. I'm gonna be me. Yeah. Uh, so they have many plans. They're gonna go through the biggest portal to this the planet. The devil's anus. The devil's anus to try to get back to Asgard. How did he get that name? Because yeah, it looks like a butt. <laughs> it's awesome. It's but. a sphincter to the outer realms. Uh, <laughs> So I, this is also one of my I'm favorite lines that. is like, they're like, we're never going to be able to pull this off. We're going to try anyway. You know, they're like, it's a suicide mission. Let's do it. We're heroes. And Valkyrie's just like, if we're going to find a ship, we need one with cup holders because we're all going to die. So drinks. <laughs> and then they need a distraction. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they send Valkyrie uh, to go start Korg's revolution. So she goes, she frees everybody. She gives them weapons. It's incredible. Yeah, the Lord of Thunder sends his regards. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, Jeff Goldblum and his henchman, henchwoman, are, like, freaking out. And she's like, the slaves have freed themselves. And he's like, oh, no, don't use that word. Don't use slaves. And she's like, uh, the prisoners with jobs have, have freed themselves. <laughs> I was so happy. That is such a great line because it's so real. There's a little bit more to it, but it's definitely very, like... Where he's like, oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about how bad of a person I am that I have slaves. Yeah, yeah. They're not slaves. They're prisoners with jobs. Yeah. You know, and like coming from a context where it's like it's it's a Kiwi director and and it's got you know a lot of Kiwi and Australian actors and whatnot, but it's an American movie in the American canon. <laughs> America has more prisoners than anybody else in the world. Slavery for prisoners in America is one hundred percent legal, but everybody's telling themselves that it's not that. Like, that was real pointed. (laughs) That was real pointed. In the meantime, while this sort of rebellion is happening, Loki and Thor are, like, in this elevator going up to steal a ship, and they're having this heart-to-heart about their family. Loki's like, I think that you should just leave me here on this planet. I don't think I'm meant to be on Asgard. And Thor's like, you know what? I think you're right. This place is chaotic. It's mayhem. I think you'll do really well here. But Thor, or Loki doesn't want that. He's like, you know? supposed to fight for me, brother. Yeah. He's like... You actually agree with me. Instead, they, they decide to do the get help plan, which is basically just Thor chucking Loki at, at people, which works. Uh, and they steal a ship. Loki tries to betray him again, but mm-hmm. Thor gets a drop on him. Lo- Thor knows Loki. Yeah. They are brothers. So yeah. he knows that Loki is the god of mischief and he's up to something, even if he says he's going along with the plan. So... Before before Loki can uh, betray him, he's he's already got him in that little prisoner, that little prisoner tank. Little shock tank. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and he, and he, you know, he says something like, life is all about changing and growing and learning from the past, but you just stay the same. <laughs> you could be so much more. Yeah. Uh, Mr. I can't fight without my hammer. Wham. My hair. Wham. Yeah. <laughs> my muscles. Wham. Yeah, I mean, at least Loki keeps his hair, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, so then, of course, badass spaceship fight scene. Uh, and it turns out that they've stolen the pleasure ship. The leisure cruise. Yes, of, of the Grandmaster, which is like his orgy ship. Yeah. Which is hilarious. And they're like, don't touch anything. <laughs> and it's gross in like, here. fireworks inside. Yeah, and like bumping EDM music and stuff. <laughs> uh, and this is when Valkyrie, you really see how much ass she can kick. Because mm-hmm. like her ship explodes and she literally like leaps out of the ship falls onto the other ship and they're like, come inside, Valkyrie. And she's like, no, 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 I got In stuff a to take care of. Yeah. yeah. And she like goes and she like, she like destroys all the other ships yeah. basically single-handedly. And like, <laughs> oh, she's so cool. She's so cool. And then in the meantime, Korg rocks up post-rebellion and rescues Loki, who of course he doesn't know any of that history there. Yeah. Uh, and Loki's like, you seem like a crew of people in desperate need of leadership. Korg's like, oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so they hook up. <laughs> We're going to fly away on the ship. You want to come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, on this ginormous ship. Uh, and so then it cuts to Asgard again. And Scourge is going to make an example out of one of the Asgardians. And Hela decides it's going to be the most innocent white woman on Earth. The most pure-looking white woman. Oh, my God. She's, she's so innocent. She's hair. crying the pure white tears <laughs> of sadness. And, you know, like, to be fair, she is innocent. But I feel like, you know, it's classic that they just choose the white woman, you know? There's no way she deserves to die. She's no. white. <laughs> you know? God. She represents what Asgardian, what Asgard means. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't, like, I don't know. She's going to replace its white woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, I can't remember what happens. He doesn't kill her. Of course. No, one of the, such an atrocity. Because she, she wants to know where Heimdall is with the sword. Right, yes. And, and she's and like, all right, I'm going to kill one of you. And then, so they, he's about to k- kill that woman. And then a guy from the crowd is like, wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to betray you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna betray everybody I'm gonna to, yeah, to yeah. save this one white woman. Yeah. Yep. And so because we can't kill her. No. The white yeah. lady. No. Absolutely not. That's a thing. <laughs> and so basically, like, they've got to figure it out. Thankfully, Heimdall has that power. We can see everything, so he yeah. sees this happening yeah. and knows what to do. In any case, Thor, Valkyrie, and Loki and the Hulk are in Banner. I guess at this point, make it back. They're back in Asgard. They've gone through the Devil's Anus. They come up the other side. They're still alive. Hela finds Heimdall's hiding spot, but thankfully it's empty. He's evacuated everybody, and they're heading for the Bifrost. They're going to find somewhere else to live via the Bifrost. Thor decides to distract Hela while uh, everybody else is helping get the people off Mm -hmm. uh, the world. Um, And so he sort of draws and, like, tempts Hela to him, and... He's got the... He's got the... The big staff. Yeah, where all he has to do is, like... Thunk it. Yeah, and it thunks throughout the land. Yeah, like, it, it calls to people. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, this is, like, such a cool thing about this whole Asgardian civilization is, like, there's so much going on that, like, humans understand to be some kind of magic, but they understand to be science, but they mm-hmm. never have to really explain it. Yeah. So they can kind of do whatever they want with it, which is really cool. I really like it. Um, Hela comes, and she's basically like, so you've seen that I've been redecorating, you see what's really going on here, you didn't know our father, I did, Odin and I drowned entire civilizations in blood and tears, where do you think all this gold came from? Because there's this, like, whenever you see 
depictions of these so-called great civilizations, whether it be like movies about Rome, movies about Greece. It's from their point of view. It's about like various colonial empires. It's about that point of view, but they never have to give that background. Like, where did this massive wealth come from? You know, when you're, and you have a movie about the queen and you're in Buckingham Palace and you're filming all this Buckingham Palace shit and like all the big, I don't even know what they have in there, like jewels and chairs and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, where did that wealth come from? Yeah. Well, the right? citizens usually say taxes, but we know that that's just... There are no tax. There are, like, if you impoverished the entire country of England for 150 years and starved everybody, you still couldn't have the amount of wealth that's in Buckingham Palace. Exactly, you know? exactly. Like, it's, you know, it's it's completely absurd. It's, well, they, they, they were an empire. The mm-hmm. sun never sits on the British Empire. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's and that's basically what, you know, Hell is telling Thor. Like yeah. this is what we were. Like every all of the benefits that you had were basically because Odin decided that he had enough stuff. Yeah. Like he didn't have to do this anymore because he, you know, asserted himself enough. And Thor is basically like, Okay, sure. But like you still suck. Yeah, you're the worst. Yeah, you but you're still the worst. Yeah. You might be the rightful monarch, but you're the yeah, worst. He's like Yeah, he admits to still not wanting to he he still doesn't want the throne. And he admits that as much. He's like, anybody else but you. You're the worst. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, uh, giant wolf Fenris is going after all of Bifrost people, followed closely by Scourge and his army of, of the undead. Um, yeah, on the other um, side. Hela and Thor are having this like amazing one-on-one battle where Hela takes out his eye. Yeah. Which and, was a pretty serious move. And that was yeah. kind of like, and then that's how like, he Now became, you look like dad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he becomes his father. It's just like... But hopefully better than his father. Yeah. Sigh. Hopeful he, sigh. As 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 Odin uh, has, as Odin tells him, you're he's like, you're not as strong as me, you're stronger. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he goes back to his happy place. He gets his his powers again in this darkest of moments. Yeah. Um he finds out how to harness his power. Yeah. It turns out it's not through his hammer at all. It's through him. It's, yeah. It was in his heart all along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, Banner, you know, sees that, you know, this this wolf is, is tearing up the people, uh, this army of the undead. They're not going to be able to stop it. So he decides he's going to go hawk out and he's going to do the thing. And he, and he jumps he, out of the... Plane. Out of the plane. The ship. Falls right on his face. <laughs> yeah. And he's like dead. Like, what, what, like he's fully dead. Like what Not I love about it. The thing about, about uh, the Hulk banner dynamic is banner cannot die. Yeah. Because of. The Hulk. Because of who he has inside. Because like he's admitted in the Avengers that he has. He tried killed, to tried shoot to, himself. Yeah. And yeah. But the other guy spit him back and spit the bullet right back out. And so yeah. like. I think that's one reason why Banner just went for it. He's like, well, even if I die... I can't really... But that was, like, kind of grotesque, you know? Like, I think it's, it's supposed to be sort of funny. But, like, you know, his eyes are rolled back in his head. And he's his all like, His legs oh. are, like, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, and he's like... Oh. But it's interesting because it also is that moment where, like... You know, even as the Hulk, he must have known the, like, sort of... Interesting relationship that he had made with Valkyrie. Because he, like, makes a comment before he jumps off. And he's like... Now you'll remember who I am or something yeah, like that. Yeah, now you know who I am. Who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, sort of, like, a weird, like... I don't know what kind of relationship that was. If it was just, like, uh... I don't know. I don't know. Friends with benefits, but not. Between Valkyrie and Hulk? Yeah. It, not just friends, though? Well, or training partners. But it seemed like there's, like, points where they tried, but then they, like, also resisted to, like put her with them but then it seemed like she also like 
She's just doing her own thing. Which but I is, feel like that which was with Thor, great. too, though, right? Yeah, totally. Like, when they jumped in the ship together. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a moment there, Thor's too. Thor's totally yeah. like, I think you're awesome and hot. And she's like, I got shit to do. She's like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Which was so... Because you almost never see that either, right? Like, usually there's at least some sexual tension on both parties. But I feel like in this movie, it was strictly one-sided from the men. Oh, totally. Yeah, the men yeah. are like... Whoa, you're beautiful. Wow, you're so strong. Wow, you're cool. You're a Valkyrie. Wow. And she's like, I don't care. I don't care. I hate you guys. <laughs> like I'm just I'm just I'm just doing the thing because I'm doing the thing and I feel like it. Like bye. I'm here to drink. Yeah. Yeah, which I love. You almost never get that, right? Like usually there's some sort of like sense of you have to make a woman vulnerable by making her sexually available to one of the male characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that never happens in this movie. It was so great. But I and then like her and like Hulk's relationship was very much uh like, he respected her because she could kick his ass. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Well, he calls her angry girl. Yeah. I think he recognizes yeah. that rage in her, too. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. she's got a lot of trauma, pent-up trauma there as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, causes her to rage. Yeah. But that's also, like, so good. Because I feel like, particularly mm-hmm. in these movies, the women that you see are women that don't express their inner emotions, mm. right? Like, you get a little bit of it with Romanov, where she has that, like, weird, messed-up scene where she basically compares herself to the Hulk because she's been, like, coercively sterilized. And she's like, I'm a monster, too, because I've been coercively sterilized. And you're like, what? Um, but, you know, aside from that, like, women aren't really supposed to be expressing their emotions. They're not supposed to be holding their trauma in ways that are recognizable to other people. They're just supposed to have it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, men are allowed to act out, but women aren't. Yeah. Whereas, like, Valkyrie is, like, turns that on its head a little bit. Like, she's angry, she's a drunk, she does what she wants, she has her own sense of morality, and she just does the thing, which is very cool. Go cool. back to the dream. That's where we get, that's where we get the moment of yeah. a- Asgard isn't a place, and it never was. Yeah, so you get the big final battle. Hela has a Thor in a death grip, and she's like, I'm the goddess of death. Who are you? And then he kind of blacks out and goes to his... His happy place. Yeah. His happy Norway place. And he has that conversation with his dad about how he's lost Asgard, and that's when his dad comes to him with that line, Asgard isn't a place it never was. Yeah, Yeah. it's where people stand. Yeah, and he tells him where his strength... His strength is bigger than his own. Yeah. And then and then goes super lightning guy. Yeah, and then Thor comes back and has got his powers and he blasts Hela to the ground. And then he realizes that Asgard has to fall. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get that totally sick immigrant song coda. Yes. Where just like he flies in. in. Yeah, and it's got like Led Zeppelin blaring. Oh my god, so good. And then like he like he, he flies in and he's lightning all these guys and he lands and it's like him standing there with lightning coming out of him and out of his one eye and he's like, yes! <laughs> yes! I, like, honestly, throughout this movie, I kept expecting somebody to just, like, uh, just an axe guitar to, like, fall from the sky and somebody just rip a sick <laughs> solo. Like, that was this whole movie for me. I was just like, somebody's gonna rip a solo. The it's gonna happen. about this movie I love is, like, for me, a lot of what makes a great movie is the music. And a lot of the music in this movie was so fantastic. It's one of the people from Devo. It's Mark Mothersbaugh. He's one of my very favorite composers, like, oh ever. God. He composed music for a few of the... The guy who did the Royal Tenenbaums. I can't 
can't remember his name. Wes Anderson. Okay. He composed music for Wes Anderson movies. He also composed music for Rugrats, did which I find music amazing. for Tron? Because there were a yes, few moments he did. Like, oh, yes! Yeah. Sick. I yeah. called it. I was like, this movie's so Tron-esque with its music sometimes. But he's, yeah, he's, uh, I love, I love his music. I, whenever there's like, um, I listen to all of his movie soundtracks. <laughs> I mean, I can see why. It's so yeah. good. Uh, so you get the immigrant song Coda with like you get the Hulk, Valkyrie, Loki, Thor, all kicking so many buns, mm-hmm. just like looking so good. People, you know, they've they've made it onto the ship. Hela doesn't want it to leave. She sends up these big spikes, and all of the zombies start climbing up the spikes. Scourge totally redeems himself, sacrifices himself for the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pulls out Des and Troy. Yeah, just starts killing. Or Asgard it. jumps yep. out of the ship. Yeah, classic, Hela. classic. Yeah. Um, then Thor sends Loki uh, to grab the head of the guy from the beginning, whose name I still can't remember. Sarah? Serta? Serta? Serta. Sarah. Serta. Sarah. Sorry, all, all the Sarahs out there. You, you probably are not like Satan. Sarder. Um, Sater. And, yeah, puts the head in the internal flame to bring him back to life. So he starts destroying Asgard because Thor realizes he can't kill Hela, but Serter can. This is it. Well, and then Ragnarok is... Is, is Asgard's destiny. Yeah. Yeah, the prophecy gets fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Hela gets totally owned. They have to convince the Hulk to not fight <laughs> the giant mountain-sized flaming Satan guy. The big monster. Yeah. And he listens, which is good, yeah. right? Boundaries. Boundaries are I love Hela. Like, one of the reasons I love Hela is that she is a warrior. Mm. She fought until the bitter end. There was no giving up for her. She's like, this is my right. This is my destiny. And she fought for it. Mm. She was wrong. <laughs> but she went all out for it and ultimately died. But she fought until the end, which mm. I was very like, yeah, yeah. You go, girl. Yeah, she might be evil, but you gotta, I, I, I like her a lot. I had to respect her. Uh, yeah. Her, um... Uh, drive. Yeah, her drive. <laughs> She's going to be the best at what she does, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all get on the ship, and they're watching um, Asgard get destroyed. And Korg's like, it's okay. The foundations are still strong. This will become a haven for all people and aliens of the universe. And then Asgard just explodes. And he's like, oh. No, never mind. No. <laughs> it's fine. Then, you know, it, it wraps up with sort of the... The message, which is Asgard, again, is not a place. It's a people. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, Thor, uh, Loki has a chance to, like, just sort of disappear after having uh, put Sardar's head into the eternal flame. But he comes back. Mm-hmm. Like, he comes up behind Thor, and Thor throws that thing at him, which he does to find figure out if Loki's there or not. And t- it turns out that Loki is there for him. Yeah. He's like, I'm here. I'm right here. You got this. We're in yeah. this together. Yeah. We're yeah. all in this together. I, I don't know why. High School Musical Maybe came into my head. High School Musical is, is the ultimate yeah. movie I, for all of us. I feel like we could learn a lot from High School Musical. It's like musical. the Bible of the new millennium. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stories are in there. Yeah, and we've got, you know, our, our uh, heroes like Zac Efron. Yeah. He's, he's got Does muscles he? too. Does he? I don't mm. remember that. Well, maybe not in that movie, but these days he's okay, okay. muscular. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> there, no, that's that's Loki it. It's like, it, it, but there's it's a little bit of humor at the hanging. end, yeah, because yeah. we've got because um, Thor takes his place. He takes his throne, which is I guess at the front of the ship, and he's like, "Where should we go?" He's like, "Meek, where are you from?" And then Korg's just holding Meek, and he's like, "Oh, Meek's dead." 
I accidentally stomped on him on the bridge, and I felt so bad. So I've been carrying him all, carrying him around all day. And then Meek comes alive. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, Cork's like, Meek, you're alive. And he's like, what was the question again? And then Thor says, Earth it is. And that's the end of the movie. So they're heading to Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They've, they've, they're uh, displaced people now. Mm-hmm. The, the mid credit scene um, is them in their giant ship, it's pretty big, uh, coming up against a huge-ass motherfucking ship, which is, uh, if you know the guy, you know whose ship it is. Yeah. Well, you're not going to spoil that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't remember right his name, so Thanos? I'm trying to... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be yeah. cryptic without... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trying oh. to see... No, I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Oops. And I, I was like, she knows who this is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's an end and credit scene. I I never stayed that there, long. Oh, I there is. Had to go pee. There is, and <laughs> it's uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, be, and he like comes up against all the people in the tr- from the who are like living in the trash area, and him saying that like he, it's time for him to start a new revolution. <laughs> oh, so we haven't seen the last. Of the somehow Greenland. attractive old man Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So do we? But do we want to talk about this? This idea: Are the Asgardians indigenous? What does it mean to say that it's not a place of the people? I I still don't think they're indigenous. I I am like Thor is like I can't get over the fact that Thor is very much a very white man. But I mean. They're white indigenous, like they're European indigenous people, right? That's true. I mean, like yeah. in some ways, I mean, like if you think, but back. but the thing is, okay, so they're on Asgard, and they can all—they're all technically gods to us. So if they come to Earth, they could—they could take us over. They can come colonize. But, but does us. that mean that they're not indigenous? I guess I don't. Yeah, I guess they are indigenous, but I don't relate to that at all. Right. See, the, I, I, I maybe I want to switch my answer about it because, in a lot of ways, like other indigenous, like lots of indigenous people have accumulated wealth, and then it all like through like of course through like pretty violent means a lot of time too, and uh, and then how it goes into the handbasket. When another force like shows up, right? I mean, this is like sort of like the collapse. I mean, I mean, if you think of, like the collapse of the fur trade, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so one of the things that I am interested in thinking through, if if we think about the Asgardians as being indigenous, one of the things I love about these movies is that it's about Thor and Loki going to our other places and enacting change in other places which is ne- what uh, is a narrative you never ever get about indigenous people almost ever particularly oh, yeah. in the mainstream right okay. it's like, yeah. if you go somewhere as an indigenous person in the mainstream it's either within your territory or in like a directly neighboring territory mm-hmm. where often you're acted upon right you're forced there by some you know overarching coercive power yeah. Rather than through a choice of your own or ambitions of your own. Yeah. And then you're you're mostly just acted upon. Where I feel like these movies, one of the things that I find so interesting is that, you know, they, they go to these far places and, you know, often they are being acted upon and they're making these choices, sort of like circumscribed. But, you know, they have real and lasting effects and they're making treaty in these places, right? Like Thor makes a treaty with Earth. Right when he becomes an Avenger, right? It's a res- reciprocal relationship that he's he does services for them, 
right? And, and it's far, right? Mm-hmm. And they and like there are indigenous people that have far, far reaching effects on on the people and places around them, mm-hmm. right? Like that's one of the things that I find so interesting about you know oh, these also, movies. In the mid credits, there before the sh- they they so they show like the the they show the giant ship. Um, Thor and Loki are having a conversation about heading to Earth, and Loki says, "Are you sure it's a good idea?" And Thor is like, "Yeah, they love me there." And Loki's like, "Are you sure it's a good idea to bring me back to Earth?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if 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 that's the treaty he signs with Earth. Like, is he breaking the treaty by bringing Loki back with him? Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a stereotype, mm-hmm. right? That indigenous people, you know, when we always, like, our existence is somehow inherently without conflict, right? Or, like, we're somehow non-threatening as a people, right? Or we don't have ambitions that are, like, I don't know, like, sort of, like, negative ambition. Colonial, even. Or colonial. <laughs> right? Or imperial, right? Because I feel like, Absolutely. like Loki's not colonial in the sense that we understand, yeah. but he's certainly imperial, right? And Odin, you know, isn't necessarily colonial. Or definitely not settler colonial, but he is certainly imperial, right? But I wonder if this is also, like, you know, um, more Pacific culture, like, accept, like, more of a Pacific culture thing accepting this sort of thing, too, right? Like, um, one of the cool books that's come out lately is, like, is uh, David Chang's book all about Hawaiian exploration of the world, mm. right? And, like, thinking about Indigenous people as explorers and not as... Explored. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, in some ways, that's sort of, like, where they've gone. But, like, I guess the question will be is if they can... Uh, how, how Asgard will hold itself together... When it goes to a new place. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one of the things that concerns me, because, like, on the um, one hand, I think the reading's really interesting, but on the other hand, I'm concerned about that kind of reading because, you know, if we read it that way, are we basically giving white people who feel like they've been persecuted and thus have enacted settler colonialism in other places, you know, like this idea of the Puritans were so persecuted, that's why they had to come to the quote-unquote new world, blah, 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 right? Are we giving them that opening to self-indigenize, right? Like... If, if you're indigenous as a people rather than a place, then what is the purpose of a place? What's the significance of a place, True. right? Because yeah, it's this yeah. idea that you can only have relationships between people and not relationships with place. Yeah, how, 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 how did they... Like, to be indigenous is to a place is to have a relationship with that place. Mm-hmm. And, like, did all these people... Like, do all these people feel nothing for their world that is now... Nothing. Well, I mean, it's not even just about feelings, right? Because mm-hmm. like relationships aren't just about feelings. Do they not feel disconnected to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel well, like you know there have been so many cases throughout history of indigenous people getting displaced and not being terminal. Well, and you know? I guess another interesting thing is in the second Thor, um, the only person who knows about other ways off of off of Asgard is Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas people like, and he's not native to Asgard, but he knows the land. Yeah, yeah. he knows the land better than the people there. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, and I, I mean, the other thing is uh, that I think we haven't brought up is that uh, YTT Wally's um, Maori. He's also Jewish, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and on his uh, mother's side, yeah, so he's technically Jewish more yeah. than Maori. So I also wonder how much he's. You know how much is he also paying homage to 
um, different, uh, like, especially like uh, di- uh, diasporic Jews, right? Because mm. that's a narrative that comes up. And I was like, hmm, I wonder how much, you know, how is he playing between these uh, different familial influences that he has? And, uh, yeah, I guess the different, like, identities he's drawing from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. This is all interesting to think through. I guess the last thing that we have to do is rate the movie. I was thinking that we could rate it out of Devo's Mm -hmm. because Devo clearly gave birth (laughs) to the man that inspired the music, that inspired the movie that we love. And that's how I'm I'm saying that happened. I know that's not (laughs) how that actually happened, but that's how I've decided that goes. So one out of five Devos means you hated it, you wouldn't recommend it to anyone, it was garbage. Five out of five Devos means that you loved it, it was glorious in all ways, you would recommend it to everybody. Maybe you're cook'em, maybe not your cook'em, but it, you thought it was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Tashina, do you want to start? Well, I give it 15 out of five Whoa, Devos. whoa. Like 15 Mark Mothersbaugh's out of five Devos. Dang. Um, I would recommend it to my cook'em. Uh, both of my cookums are dead. However, there is my cookum Evelyn, who I see all the time and who I see movies with and who, like, at her age, knows a lot about pop culture. And I tried to get her to see this movie, but we just never could make it work. Mm. So, but I'm really excited for her to see it with me. Like, I'm, like, when I go with somebody, I'm always, like, sitting there like, hey, this is kind of funny, hey? Like, <laughs> this is good, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I don't I'm, think we've ever had a 15 out of 5 before. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this movie. Like, I I knew I would be, but to this extent, like, I never see movies in theaters. And to see this movie five times in a theater in the span of, what, three weeks, three or four weeks since it's come out. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely five, 5 out of 5 for me. I mean, the... Uh, I actually, when I went to go see it, I had very little expectations because I was like, eh, the other three movies are pretty, like, meh for me personally. And then I saw this and it went from being like, it, it, now I think it's like the best Marvel movie so far. Totally. Because, uh, yeah, just. I think, well, and yeah. Taika Waititi says, like, what he's done was reimagined Thor. Like yeah, they threw they threw the book out with Thor and just he brought everything. Well, they gave him like a, like the worst like the, the the worst of the Avengers, and now he's like yeah he's really turned it around in a really great way. Yeah, yeah. I think I've also got to give it a five out of five Devos. Uh, <laughs> everything about it, like the aesthetic was incredible, the music. The way that they deal with gender and relationality uh, really, really stuck out to me. Like throughout the movie, I think that he he really walks the line between making it funny, being irreverent with the genre without being disrespectful or appropriate. Yeah, that's I think, and I think that's indigenous humor. Mm-hmm. That it, like that is definitely indigenous humor. Like we find. We find things funny where a lot of people are like, oh, no, that can't be funny. It's like, come on. Mm. Life is funny. Yeah, but but and that's a great thing, too, right? Because, like, even indigenous people, but we also you know, know when cross to be the reverent. line sometimes. Yeah. You know, but I think Taika Waititi, you know, clearly cares about the material. Mm-hmm. He clearly cares about the characters, and he clearly wants to set the story up to continue in a way that is good and that makes sense and that really respects what's going on. It's got good foundations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if uh, if the first one two could have been like could be redone, but yeah, I liked the first two. I'm a big yeah. fan of Kenneth Branagh. Branagh, I don't know how to say his name, but I love him. 
but he's a huge British actor. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. I love him. But I mean, I think this is part of what made this movie so good, too, is I think it took a lot of the the seriousness out of it did, the Marvel films, right? Sure. Like, especially Civil War, I think, was trying so hard to be so serious, to really, like, play up the fact that, like, this the death of this bromance was was sort of paramount of, of paramount importance, right? Yeah. Whereas for Taika Waititi, you know, he talks about he's able to like communicate about family, about history, about culture, but he does it, you know, in a way that's funny, in a way that recognizes there's a life after this, yeah, and that relationships can be repaired and things can change for the better, even in the midst of trauma and tragedy. You know, and that's I think like really gets communicated well through this movie. So I'm five out of five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he got in, like to add to that point, he actually goes and shows how bromance could like you know be reconciled, you know, in better terms at least between Hulk and uh, Thor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to end in this like huge dramatic way like uh, uh, Captain America and Tony Stark. Yeah. Life after bromance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Thank you so much to Sheena. And thanks, thank everybody, you. for uh, listening. This has been Odepenso Squawak Kitsugisagoka Metis in Space. Space, 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 space. Odepenso Squawak Kitsugisagoka Metis in Space.